0: To you. Good to see you all here tonight. Stand with me, would you, as we sing our first song, A Shelter in the Time of Storm? Lift it up tonight as we sing. The Lord's our rock, in him we hide. A shelter in the time. Song, wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me. Lift it up tonight as we sing. Sing them over. wonderful words of life, offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life, Jesus only Savior, sanctified. Of life. Good job of singing. You may be seated, except Brother Dave. Would you open us in prayer, please? Amen, Pastor.
1: For the annual welcome back this evening. Good to see everybody. And uh, good morning. And I think what do we have? Like seven baptized this morning. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, one tonight. And uh, little Bronx brags and uh, is finally getting baptized tonight. So, all those excited about that, say amen. amen. Yeah, so that'll be after the service as well. So, that's a good day. I don't think I announced yet. I think you all know that Matt and Hannah are having twins. We did announce that, uh, but I'm not sure if we announced that uh, they're going to be boys. And uh, so we're excited about that. So going to be two more boys, right? Everything's good. One's named John. The other one's named Johnny. And uh, I'm, it's great. Already naming them. I mean, it's a wonderful scenario. And, uh, you know, if you say something long enough, loud enough, sometimes it catches on, you know? So amen. So excited for them and all this happening there naturally. And uh also, uh, wanted to make sure you knew, uh, this, is, this is it tonight. Um, do appreciate you serving at Central Baptist Church in a small way. We're just holding a small banquet this coming Thursday. It, it is catered. So we do need to know tonight, kids are welcome. So there's a kid ticket. And uh, you can grab that, and we just need to know what to order, of course. So that order will go in tomorrow morning. And uh, so if you're online, we've mentioned as well, this is how we know if you're listening if you're sick. Because if you're like, oh, I miss it, Pastor. I'm like, you don't listen, do you? You know. And uh, so so grab those. This will be the last opportunity to do that right after the evening service. Hopefully you'll uh, be remembered to do that. We'd love to see you there. So it won't be real long. Uh, We'll have a meal, just some encouragement and uh, uh, just some other things we're doing. So it'll be a fun evening, but uh, we're not doing babysitters, just the whole family together in the Family Life Center. We'll just enjoy that time together like a family meal is what we're looking at. So I hope you're able to be a part of that. And that is if you work in, (coughs) excuse me. Oh, wow. (coughs) That's going to be a short sermon. (laughs) And uh, it's going to be read Galatians, and thank you for coming. And... uh, but yeah, if you work and serve in a ministry, we appreciate it, and uh, just uh, hope you'll join us for that, so keep that in mind if you would. Also, there's our sign up back there. I was talking to Miss Judy, and uh, she did put out, I think, maybe today. I don't know if it's been out there the, all of uh, January, so I think maybe just today for our food committee as well. And uh, so she heads that up, and really what that is is for... First, we have the 25th anniversary for Berlin and Miss Jenny next week and excited about that. So they'll get that together uh, as a food committee and set that up and so forth. And then sometimes for funerals, just different events, mainly set up, helping serve, things along that line. So if you'd like to be involved in that, if you'd sign up, leave your number, she will contact you and see what your availability is for things like that. And uh, so that's always a neat ministry and a great comfort to people going through a variety of things. And uh, so if you're able to. Uh, Avail yourself of that and check up the signups. Be up just really one more week. We'll pull those after next Sunday. And uh, so you want to take a look at that if you've not signed up for anything as of yet. So I think that's it for now. Brother Andy, if you want to come back.
0: All remain seated as we sing this song, all right? He's a wonderful savior to me. Lift it up as we sing. I was lost in sin. Jesus rescued me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He was bound by fear, but Jesus set me free. He's a wonderful Savior. took me in he's a wonderful savior to me he is always near to comfort and to cheer he's a wonderful savior to me he forgives my sins he drives my Savior to me. He's a stand with me would you as we sing our last song I'd rather have Jesus Amen. Good job of singing. You may be seated.
2: Broken from the church. struggle straining to see his hand at work in me in the middle of confusion my doubts and delusion i wonder if god is even listening but when he speaks i know his voice sea of trouble, drowning in the waves of the ocean tide. In my desperate situation and present complications, I look for a safe place to run and hide. But when he speaks, I when he speaks my soul does rejoice and when he speaks my heart knows no fear oh the peace when he speaks but when he speaks i know his voice But when he speaks, my soul does rejoice. And when he speaks, my heart knows no fear. Oh, the peace when he speaks.
1: you jacob appreciate that we've been pleased to have jacob and gabby with us they're serving a one-year internship with us he's still in school at heartland baptist baba college so you keep praying for them as they're also getting some training and assisting in, in some of our programs here so it's a great great opportunity and i appreciate him singing tonight amen we're back in galatians chapter six while you're turning there uh you're gonna hear us mention it a lot but the illusionist show coming up as a matter of fact, one of the points we're going to hit tonight deals with opportunity, <clears throat> and uh, honestly, uh, there are just opportunities that come. I-, I call them doors or windows that open, and uh, they happen in our lives. Uh, different opportunities. Um, I first uh, began speaking at youth camps because an opportunity opened up. Uh, Brother Bittinger was speaking at a youth camp and got laryngitis. I was eating supper at 4:30. He came behind me and said, "Can I talk to you?" <sighs> And I'm like, I'd love it if I could hear you. And uh, so he says, listen, uh, I can't preach tonight. I want you to. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. It got worse. He goes, I want you to preach my message. You have no idea how hard that is. Okay, You really don't. You, you don't preach someone else's message. You'll glean and learn from somebody, and I'll look at people's notes, and that's wonderful, but you don't take somebody's message and preach it. And I'm like, hey, I don't mind preaching that passage, but can I have some time to rearrange it so that I'm comfortable? So I had like an hour and a half, whatever it was, and, uh, or two hours, whatever it was in there. And uh, so that was my opportunity. Uh, and then have uh, really been speaking at youth camps ever since. And so God just uh, made him sick so I could speak at youth camps is basically what happened. And uh, so you just see that. In other words, I think in everybody's life, I'm a pastor, that's my field, that's kind of what happened there, but you could probably say in your life, in your field, there's just different times, different job opportunities, different things that open up, and they're not always there. I mean, they're just not always there. Uh, They come and they go, and uh, being aware and ready for those opportunities are important. I tell you that because I know we've had Brother David before, but uh, he gets booked, and so it's every two, three, four years, whatever it is. And uh, God's just using them. That's way I can say it is God is just using them. And uh, we get to see his monthly letter. And, and I mean, everywhere he goes, God just opens up doors. And it's just amazing. And uh, so because of that, I don't want us to miss it. Uh, Tomorrow in staff meeting, we're talking about different things, and one, we want to pass out a whole bunch of tracts about our children's ministry and the school and different things on those two evenings, and so we'll need people uh, standing out front at the inn and passing those out to guests and everything, and uh, of course, uh, ushers and people to help find seats, and there'll be a lot of opportunities to serve, and uh, it'll really be a time uh, that you can be a great blessing, and just making it available for someone to come and listen and hear a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so one of those rare times that God could open up the doors and we see, you know, uh, multiple people saved, multiple people. So even in that, uh, we need people that say, hey, uh, and we'll show you, we'll train you uh, to do that. But you say, hey, I'd be available to, to talk to uh, somebody about the Lord as well. And I know that can be scary for some people, uh, but uh, you can imagine if we have 30, 40, 50 people come, come back to be talked to, Brother Lynn and I and Brother Matt and Alan, we, we can't talk to all those people, you know. And uh, so having people to, to come, we're looking at setting up in the gym with some chairs, and so there'll be people there to help as well. Uh, but different things like that. You said, you know what, I may get over my fear, and, and uh, we'll show you exactly what to say and what to do. And we're, we're not pushy people. Uh, but normally people that are going to come back to you are, are ready, they're ready because we're going to filter that as well. So I want you to be praying about that. we got about two weeks, but as we ask for people to volunteer for that, we're just letting you know it's big. Uh, it's, it's a big thing, and it's a great opportunity. Uh, and so uh, not only us, but the week before us, he's going to be with Brother Tim. He had a cancellation, and Brother Tim was calling him for next year and uh, had an opening just down the road from us. And uh, so he's going to be with Brother Tim and their new little church, and uh, what a great opportunity for them. And uh, so if you'd pray for that as well, and as you see these things even next week as we do sign-ups and different things for that, you'd be available for that. Uh, you can be a part of, uh, are you ready? The reaping, the heart. That's a good part, you know? And uh, so a lot of the work goes into the sowing and the watering and all that kind of stuff. And you, you get to actually show up and pick the fruit, you know, which is really nice and say, hey, let me talk to you about something but all the talk's really done it's already going to be presented that evening so it's not like you have to start fresh and say hey let me explain everything you're going to uh just kind of show them a few things and say here's what the bible says what you just heard is this something you're ready to do you have any questions things like that so again we'll walk you through it and all the all the different things but to keep that in prayer if you would uh, i don't want us to miss that opportunity and uh, so when those opportunities come we want to take them it may not come around for another two three four years depending on schedule and so forth and I think God will do some great things like I said the, the response is already amazing and uh, love it love it love it so well back in Galatians chapter 6 uh, we'll get started once again we'll stand and do our reading tonight and uh, we'll reread Galatians 6 1 through 10 and uh, you said well we read it this morning yeah but you also ate lunch and took a nap and uh, so we'll do just a short review of the first two points and uh, for those that were teaching in different places. And so you'll have to kind of listen to catch up. I don't have time to review all of it. And, uh, but we'll take a quick look at the first two points and then finish up on the last three points and uh, for the evening. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Then he says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Then verse 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. You should know that verse. We've mentioned that a lot. For in due season we shall reap, we're going to reap that harvest, if we faint not. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Lord, we thank you. This morning, as we were able to open up the Word and uh, look at this passage, Lord, and hopefully be able to see it the way that you designed it, Lord, I pray we would bear one another's burdens and we would provide for one another. And, Lord, that this cycle, this system that you've set up, Lord, will continue to strengthen the church body, Lord, and our families. And so, Lord, we thank you for it as we look at reaping and sowing today, Lord, and we continue that process even tonight. We thank you ahead of time for what you have done and what you will do. And so, illuminate our minds, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We looked at two main points this morning. The first one was, of course, invest in those who help you spiritually. And if you, you weren't here, again, you, you want to listen. But this passage, uh, we often ignore verse 6. Uh, at least I do as a pastor and most pastors because it applies to at least our position. It's not so much applies to me personally. It applies to the position of a pastor. So it applies to any pastor and so forth. And so we normally skip that, but as we really exegeted the passage out, we found out that's really the heart illustration here of bearing one another's burdens that we we like to hear, but also part of it, Paul wrote there and we gave you several other scriptures that didn't just stop there, that you invest in those who help you spiritually. So we elaborated on that. One of the verses we quoted to you was First Corinthians nine fourteen. even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live by the gospel. And uh, so in that, uh, the quote I did not read this morning by John Gill, I'll read to you tonight. Commentator John Gill wrote this about this section of scripture. He says, communicate to him that teacheth you. He says, that is who is commissioned and qualified and sent forth by Christ. And whose office in the church is to teach the word, to preach the gospel, to instruct men in the truths of it, to teach them their duty also to God and men. Such are to be communicated to that is, such as are under the instructions ought to impart of their worldly substance to them for their honorable and comfortable support and maintenance. For since they spend their time and make use of their talents, gifts, and abilities for their instruction in spiritual things, it is but reasonable and, and no such great matter that they partake of their carnal things, and especially since it is the will and ordinance of Christ that they that preach the gospel should live of it. And he goes on to say, and so John Gill and most commentators agree very clearly. And and so we kind of went through that and the awkwardness. And I told you, not asking for a raise. You guys take good care of me. You know, we've been through all that. Uh, But just the reality of there is a responsibility that those who invest in you, you invest back. And we took it farther. Your parents, teachers, mentors. In other words, anybody that's investing in your life, let's just be honest, there is a responsibility. And it's not just I take, take, take. There's a responsibility to think of those who hey, have invested and done something for you that we never forget that. So we labored that point a little bit, explained that, invest in those who invest in you. The second point then came after that. And as we began to look at it, point two said, invest with confidence because God is overseeing the investment. And I love that aspect of it. Be not deceived, verse 7, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And what I like about that is you can invest because here's what, God's in control. And he's the one that says he's gonna bring back to you what you put into it. And of course, we gave a lot of verses. And again, we don't have time to go all the way through that, but it's a universal principle that happens every time. What you put in is what you get back. I love the story. My dad uh, got the family a book uh, years ago, maybe even a decade ago. It's a good book called The Grand Weaver. In there was a particular story that I like. If you've read that book, uh, but, but a young man that was on a, a Navy ship and, and in war, and he was manning a gun, and that gun got hit, and it blew him off the ship. Uh, well, of course, since they were out in the battlefield and in the battle, he had his life vest on, and uh, so he's in the water for about four hours before he's picked up. His legs were wounded, but they patched him up, and they put him back on the Astoria, which is the ship he was blown off of. While he was there, and it was badly damaged, the captain tried to kind of... Take it and ground it. It uh, didn't work and began to sink. As a matter of fact, they lost a lot of men uh, on that ship. Only about 500 survived. He was then picked up on another ship and brought to another base where they was taken care of. And finally, because of that and his injuries, he was sent back to the states, uh, really for recovery. And in there, he noticed uh, he had time on the plane. He had time in in the hospital. And uh, he admitted because twice, I don't know if I explained it, but twice he ended up in the water for different lengths of time. Uh, Of course, the first time he was blown off the ship. And the second time, when that same ship, uh, they tried to run ashore, didn't work, and it sank. So he ends up in the water for multiple hours, multiple times. And uh, so while he's going back, I love it. He begins to look at his life vest. And he's looking at it, and he memorizes everything about it. But there's a number there and as the story goes that number he just didn't forget it and he got home and he began telling his mom the story and how he was rescued and everything and he began to tell her how much he loved this life vest and the importance of it and then he mentions this number and he was very curious about the number and asked his mom to research it for him and uh, the reason he asked her because his mom worked at the same company that produced the life vest And she said, well, that's a very specific number that inspectors, whoever inspects that life vest has to put their number on it saying, this thing works. And she said, what's the number? I'll go find out who it is so that you can thank them. He gave her the number and she said, that's my number. And I've always loved that story because the reality is in her daily work, she literally inspected and made sure that life vest worked properly and it saved her son's life. Now, I love that because it's a great principle of you reap what you sow. Could you imagine if that day she went to work and didn't want to put in a good effort and uh, just kind of flush things by and it was faulty and he ends up in twice in the ocean and it's not what it needs to be and and he dies. Now she may not know then, but maybe one day that comes around and realizes that's on her. But instead she reaped what she sowed and and I, I love that aspect of it. I think we get back what we put into it. And we talked about if you want more out of church, you want more of a relationship, I challenge you put more into it. So we discussed all that this morning, and and so, again, that was about 40 minutes worth of discussion, summed up in about five, and so you'd have to go back and get the meat of it. But the third principle we're going to discuss tonight, we come down to verse 8. So verse 6 says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Verse 7 says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Okay, in other words, you you won't be laughing at God. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Then verse 8 says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Interesting, this isn't the only place that this particular thought in here is mentioned. In other words, he says, he that soweth to the, if you sow fleshly works, if you sow, sow fleshly things, that's what you get back. If you sow spiritual things, that's what you get back. The principle is reiterated in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. He says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 3, Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So in other words, when you put these verses together, here's Paul's thought process. Uh, whatever you put in is whatever you get back. Which means if you build something fleshy, and if you produce and work mainly in a fleshy realm, then all you're going to get back is something, are you ready, ready, temporal. You get fleshy things back. I mean, so so you work in a fleshy world, you get fleshly rewards. So I go to work, I get a paycheck. That is a fleshly, carnal, temporal reward that I get to pay my rent and do my utilities, uh, to buy a car, to buy food. It's not that it's sinful. It's not that it's wrong. That's not the connotation. It's not that those things are bad things, so so don't take it that way. He's saying that the natural thing is if I sow in the flesh, I get fleshy things back. But the real riches, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3, the real riches, the gold, the silvers, we'd say, the precious things, that comes a different way. So if my life is spent doing temporal things that maybe is just for me and my motive is just for me, at the end time, in 1 Corinthians 3, when I stand before Christ, what I get in return, wait wait I reap what I sow. What I get in return is what I put out. So if I live my life for me and I live 80 years, well, wait, the average life in America, what, 85, 86 now? So I live 85 years old. I pass away at 85 I live my life for me. I've acquired temporal things for me. And as we know, when I pass away, uh, the kids get it. Somebody else gets it uh, or burns up. Uh, th- that's what I get. And I get to heaven. I stand before Christ. And what I don't get is these wonderful riches and these eternal riches and blessings. I ready? That last for eternity. What, what I don't get is the things that don't just last here. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Are the things that continue on in another life that we all are not just hoping on, but we believe in it. Hey, I don't believe our life is just in Ponca City, Oklahoma. No, I don't believe that's all life is. I believe in heaven. And I believe in mansions. And I believe in a new world that God's going to. No, no, I believe that. And God says right now I'm preparing for that. And my temporal things I'm going to use right now and it's fine and I have to do that to live. But when I add to it a spiritual aspect of it, God says it changes the dynamics. I mean, everything changes. And so you can choose to live your life temporal and you're going to get fleshy things. But, but you're going to use it and it's gone and done or, or, or you can spend most of your time investing in spiritual things. I mean, things that matter. No, no. Helping people find Jesus. Doing things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does not Matthew say if I give a cup of water in the name of the Lord and my motive is for Him, mm, I get a reward. No, no, stop thinking about it. Not living for me, living for Him. Now as Christians, the way, did you get this? You know, we live in a culture that lives for us. Um, The selfishness that abounds in our culture is overwhelming. Uh, Most of us, we live at what's good for me, and what do I want, and and what do I deserve, and that's kind of our life. And we've forgotten biblical principles that say, no, 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 there's more to life than that. Matter of fact, the Bible says that I have fleshly and I have spiritual. And if you want spiritual, and I mentioned it this morning, guess what? you got to plant spiritual. And I tell you what, you want to plant a lot of spiritual because that's what the eternal stuff is. Uh, Why do we tell you to read your Bible and pray and get into the Word? No, wait, wait because we're trying to build spiritual things. But too often what happens is we spend our life planting fields. We're going to go to the agricultural term now. Fields and things that are not good. And Whenever I get to this passage, I always like to explain uh, the biblical philosophy of this and try to help you to see this. So allow me to kind of give you an illustration. Some of you have been saved for a short time. A short time, maybe five years, ten years. In the realm of salvation, that's short. That's not real long. Uh, some of you have been saved just a very short time. Some of you got saved older in life. Just out of curiosity, how many of you were over 20 when you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? That's, that's actually rare. I don't know if you know, 85% of the people get saved before the age of 21. 85%. Some people put that at the age of 18. That means the majority of people get saved before that. So if you got saved over that, you ought to thank Jesus. You're in the 15% bracket. In that, if you're over 20 years old, I'm saying by that time, some of you have made some horrible mistakes good news is it's not testimony time. <laughs> no, we're not going to parade you up here and you tell us your sordid lifestyle uh, before you found Jesus Christ. We're not interested. But some of you have that. Some of you have a horrific background. And what you sowed in that life, uh, whatever you want to put in there, uh, the sinful things you did uh, that we don't need to hear about, but the immorality and the drugs, whatever you want to throw in there, that is what you sowed. And, and by the way, what you're getting back from that is what comes with that. And you sold this. Some got saved at 25 and some 30. And matter of fact, the longer that you went, you'll hear people say this. I wish I would have accepted Jesus earlier. Uh, because one thing that doesn't go away is your memory. And they're like, man, I, I wish I would have. For, even for others, they got saved, but they didn't serve God. And they'll say, man, I wish I would have served God earlier. Why? Because I got a lot of, can I say it this way, scars. I've got a lot of scars and things to overcome. I made a lot of mistakes that when I get in the Word of God, I find out weren't good. That's why we preach so hard to our teenagers. Hey, You don't want to make these mistakes because some of them stay with you. And you have consequences for these things for a long time. And they look at us like, ah, I'm young and I can overcome. It's like, no, I'm telling you, you can make some huge mistakes early on. I've always said this. I remember getting insurance and um, my insurance agent, I was telling you, asked me if I had any felonies. That's a good question to ask a pastor, amen? (laughs) You you all ever been asked that question or was it just me? Because he just looked at me, you ever have any felonies? I'm like, what did I do that you would ask me that question? But he said, I, I imagine not, but i got to ask you, Pastor. And I'm like, well, no, I actually haven't. But I said, just out of curiosity, what if I did? I'm not saying I do. <laughs> I'm not saying you are got to find anything when you do your research. But I'm like, what, what if I did? He goes, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> I go, what do you mean? And so, I, you know, whatever my age was then, probably four or five years ago, maybe longer than that. And I said, so what, what if I did something when I was like 19, 20, 21, 25? He goes, doesn't matter. He goes, that'll stay on your record. I said, well, how does that affect me? Your insurance will go up. You mean if I did something 30 years ago, 30 years ago, and it was a felon? He goes, yep. Your insurance company will see that, and and it will make sure that your insurance, you're in a higher rate, even for something you did 30. I go, no, that is not fair. He's like, welcome to life. And then he's looking at me, he's like, don't be a felon. I'm like, that's good advice. But but I'm telling you, and if you've been down that road, and please don't raise your hand right now. (laughs) Ask me, preacher. Not the time to speak up. But you know that because when you deal in insurance and realms like that, and they ask you those questions, oh, it's not that you can't get it, but suddenly your rates are higher. Are you ready? You're now paying for that. Now think about that. Think about having a 15 20% higher payment for the rest of your life, for home insurance, car insurance, anything you want. Don't add it up. You'll be disappointed. You know, but if you do, you, you see what I'm saying? You planted a field when you were young. And that, Stay with that. Are you ready? You planted a field when you were young. And you didn't take it through, and you lived your life, and now it's payment time, and you're thinking, well, hey, you know what? I'll just get a little bit back for this, and I'll be okay. And it's like, oh, I'm getting way more than I thought. So now you accepted Jesus Christ. You're thinking, man, this is great. God's going to wipe all that away. If you've been saved long enough, here's what you realize. That's not how it works. Now, I would like to say, uh, oh, there's times that happens, and praise the Lord for that. But the Bible says if you... If you sow in the flesh, you get the flesh back, whatever that is. So here's the problem. What happens if you lived a bad life and you planted a lot of bad fields and those things keep popping up, you keep reaping from that? What do you do? Well, I'd like to say, uh, first of all, are you ready? Quit watering that field. Real deep stuff here. Are you ready? Don't fertilize it. Don't water it. You're like, I haven't, but I'm still affected by it. That's the other problem. You know, some fields you can quit watering and they die out. Amen. You see what I mean? Now I got some friends, some people I've hung out with, and they're fleshly and they're carnal and we get into trouble. And so, hey, I'm going to quit hanging out with them. I'm going to quit watering that. I'm going to quit fertilizing that. And can I tell you? All of a sudden your life changes for the better and you're not facing the consequences. Why? You change who you are hanging around with. Does that make sense, right? No, that's good. Okay. So we take that we say, okay, I'm going to do that. But that doesn't work for everything. There's some things we've done now. It's on our record and our society. It stays. So now what? Ah, here's where I'd like to help you. Something I teach all the time, and I firmly believe with this principle. Are you ready? Plant another field. What do you mean, plant another field? Matter of fact, not just one. Plant as many righteous fields as you possibly can. You quit watering those old fields. You quit planting. Because right now, uh, if you know it's going to take some time, when you plant and you water, it takes time for that stuff to come up. I love the story of the dad who taught his daughter about... Investing, and so she had some money she got for a birthday, and they decided to open a check-in account. And actually, it was a savings account, but a little savings account for her. And so they went through all through it. Mom and dad sat down, told her everything. She was so excited. You're going to put the money in the bank, you get interest from that. And as you get older, you're going to have more money uh, because interest comes. And she's like, "Man, this is a great principle." They go to the bank, and it was the assistant bank manager waiting on them. And uh, so they opened up the account, got her name on it. She gave them the money, and. And the uh, manager goes, you have any other questions? She goes, mm-hmm, I want my interest. <laughs> A little quick, huh? I think that's how we think sometimes, though. Quite honestly, we, we live our life and we, we sow and we plant these seeds that are bad and wicked and we do some things that have consequences to them and we just want it to stop. And, and what you ought to do is, yeah, you quit watering it, you quit fertilizing it, and sometimes that kills the field and that's great, but sometimes the field keeps producing because of what type of field it is. And I can't always tell you that's going to stop. But here's what I've learned. Okay, if I can't stop that, here's what I can do. Plant better fields and water them. Get into the house of God. Get into the Word of God. Begin to do right. Begin to invest in other people. Begin to serve the way, no, no, the way God says. And guess what? Other things will pop up. Matter of fact, over time, people won't even remember. We got some weird people at Central Baptist Church. Now, if we had testimony in time, for some people, it would blow your mind who's sitting next to you. A little scary right now isn't it about a third of you looked at the person next to you going it's you now you would be shocked if you heard some of the stories about what people did what no you literally would be shocked silly little ladies don't be deceived they're sweet now but I know better i mean it, it is funny uh, and honestly i forget i don't even think about it but here's why you don't know now and here's why If they were to tell you a story, you'd be shocked probably by it, if not openly inside. They're totally different people. God has so changed them. That was such a past life. You know why? They planted other fields. No, no. They began to get into the Word of God and said, hey, let's do some things that are eternal that last. Let's learn to love like we ought to. Let's learn to serve like we ought to. Let's learn to give like we ought to. No, let's do those things the Bible says, and let's keep doing them. Why? Because they work. Because God says it's worth it, and he will make sure the investment comes back because it's his principle. And sometimes we sit there and we just, we quit. We get discouraged and we're like, no, no, that's not how it works. Again, I can't always take away every field from you. I can't. And God doesn't always choose to do that. But I'm sorry, I've watched too many people that this field may still produce something. But this field can dwarf that old field. Where you're getting so much of the good, of the reaping of the good eternal things that even though this is a little discouraging sometimes when you stop and look at your life now you're like well I'm going to have way more not to get to heaven because amen we don't get to heaven by being good but I'm talking about the rewards we get one day in heaven I'm talking about eternal things Christians don't let Satan discourage you hey there's a lot of people here done some dumb things a lot of people have had some major sins in their life and today God using them in a great way because why they keep planting they keep watering and here's the thing if you know anything about a harvest, it's not quick. Just use the illustration about the interest. It's not quick. I think the other problem happens is I, we've been talking a little bit about giving today, and this is our giving day, but uh, I love the stories of people who first start tithing, and they give to God, and a month later, okay, where's my check in the mail? You know, it's like uh, you've missed the whole principle. Uh, nothing. Uh, we're in a microwave society. We like everything quick. But the reality is you have to get in the book and learn principles that are eternal and work And you work them. You work them. I mentioned, I think, earlier Joseph, and I love his story. I really do. But I think about him working those principles and planting in Egypt. In Egypt. Again, no church. Nothing. Nobody supporting him. He kept serving God, and 13 years later, God says, okay, it's time for me to repay. And he repaid in a major way. Okay, but see, for us, it's like we want to see the immediate return. It just doesn't work that way. Man, we have to start having investments. Um, I'm not an investor. You can talk to an investor, somebody who's actually smart in it. I know enough probably to be dangerous. How's that? But this is what I do know. I've read enough to know this. Uh, For the average person, there are people that you hear that get rich off the stock market and stuff like that. Let me help you. They're called exceptions. Okay, that guy made, or that lady made the right investment on this and hit it. We're like, oh, I got to do that. All my reading, this is what I've learned. They have a term called DCA. DCA is dollar cost averaging. And for people that want to be financially sound and retire at the end of their lives, this is what they do. Every paycheck or every month, however they want to, they take a certain amount. And where the stock market is up, the stock market is down. They send that into a financial advisor and say, please buy some stocks for me or or whatever you're into every single month, every single month. Now look at it. Uh, Right now, things are down. If you looked at last year, you cry. I get my retirement statement every month, and I now go like this. Huh. Okay. So basically everything I contributed this year, it went to somebody else. Well, praise Jesus. You say you discouraged? Well, no. Why? That's the way it works. Because then there's other years, it's like, whoa, whoa, baby, this was a good year. I put a thousand in, I got eleven hundred dollars. I like this year. That's a 10% gain. It's just the way it works. Well, man, you'll, I mean, you will stress yourself out if you're every day and every week you're looking at that and every month that thing's going like this. And some of you are like, I'm retired, I have to. I wouldn't. You know, and you say, what do you do? No, 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 no. You just kind of put in, because you believe what? This system has worked for, I mean, years and years and been a proven system. You invest, you let that thing compound and grow. Can I help you? That's not a worldly system. That was developed by Almighty God. And the world system doesn't always work, but I can I tell you? God's always us. One day that system may not work. That man's system may not, but I can tell you. God's system never shuts down. Never. You decide to serve God, your family going to serve God, you're going to give, you're going to serve, you're going to do Christian things, and you're going to water, and you're going to fertilize, you're going to keep growing it. You won't always see this wonderful harvest this year. Sometimes you're going to end the year, and it's kind of a mundane Christian year. There it is, but I can tell you, by the truth of God's words you have eternal rewards waiting for you because God's not missing a beat then there's other years when you need it that you get a great return on that and God steps in and blesses your family answers your prayer request does amazing things because you need it at that time because you've stored that up for a long time you see I don't understand why we put so much time in the fleshly when the spiritual is more valuable and it's eternal can I challenge you invest in eternal things. You say, I don't know what that is. We we need to get in the Bible and learn what that is. You need to be doing spiritual things. That's what we said. The church ought to be the center of your life and everything you're doing comes from this because it produces the greatest. So that's principle number three. Look at principle number four real quick. Principle four, we won't be labor because we've really talked about it since the beginning. If you look at verse nine, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap. So this is the part we've been talking about. If we faint not. You know, honestly, the principle there, as we talked about, is waiting and allowing God to work. You start planting that good field, and as this one starts dying out and not producing a month, the, the old sinful world, because you're not investing it anymore, and may still be some consequences from old mistakes, you got it, but you start producing so much more over here, and, and you keep doing it, why? And you faint not, why? Because God said it. And you don't quit, and you don't give in, and you keep doing it. It's the same thing. Come on, can we be honest with our kids? Isn't there a point when you think, number one, why did I have them? I mean, Mark Twain, remember? Taking the teenager and the child, you put them in the barrel, and you poke a hole in it. And what was it, like when they're a teenager or 18, you plug the hole? You know, there's times, don't you stop and go, I get that. yeah. You know, most of us could probably look back at our children's lives and there's probably a time there you wonder, are they going to make it? I mean, I, oh, man. And whatever the, whatever the struggle was, there's that time. And you're like, ah, oh, I'll counsel parents all the time. What do I do? Just keep doing what is right. I mean, keep doing what's right. You say, yeah, how, how do I do that? No, no. You keep doing what the Bible says. Why? It works. Usually at those times, we're going to find something new. You know, so we research it, we're doing what is right, and uh, we're disciplined properly, and we pray properly, and we've got them in church, and we're being an example. But, man, they're on this, they they got this crazy thought process, and they're getting a little rebellious. They're like, what do I do? Keep doing right. There's a lot of them sitting here right now that went through that stage and came out of it serving God and doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. But the worst thing a parent will do is you're going to change your strategy in the middle of it. You don't change your strategy. You keep doing what is right. You have the strategy because it's right. It's from God. It works. Can I apply that to a marriage? Don't quit. Don't quit. Sometimes there's tough roads in marriage. What do they call it? The seven year itch? That's a weird term. Yeah, and I don't know what the other ones are 10, 15, 20, 25. I don't know. But you go through seasons. And, and I'm always amazed when people break up after 25 years of marriage. That blows my mind. What, what are we at, 37 now, going to 38? We're going to be 38 this year. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> I will follow her everywhere. <laughs> Do you know what kind of investment I have in that woman? Are you kidding me? I am not wasting that right now. But you think about that. I always think about that 25 years of marriage or whatever it is, and now the kids are grown and they're, they're in college, and, and, and now, now the good stuff comes. The grandkids and other adults who get to enjoy adult conversation, have good times together, and everything, and the fun of the whole family getting together, and it's not awkward because mom and dad broke up. And seriously, and so instead of Christmas being at one house, it's like we got to split it now. Why? Well, some of you are living that. You know what it's like. You're split up, and it's like it's awkwardness, and don't say this, and you got this new spouse and this new person dating, and now their kids and everything, and, and and I'm going to speak for you because you're not allowed to. It's a pain. How do you know? I counsel you. And no one comes in going, preacher, this is the best thing ever. Woo! I'm telling you what, what our parents did to us, oh, man, it's so good. No, no, no I'm, just, I'm just telling you how this works. And I'm looking at this and going, hey, we worked hard and now it's difficult and it's tough and we're going through a tough patch. Yeah, most people do. What do you do? The principle, you reap what you sow, you keep going through it. Why? Because I trust Jesus. I trust him with my family. My spouse in his church. No, no, wait. The principle is true. Here's the problem. Are you ready? Don't quit. We quit before we get the good stuff. Put all this time in, you're just right there. I mean, you're right there. And you're like, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. And I'm like, that is Satan talking to you. And can I tell you, you're about to miss the best stuff. You're about to cause yourself the greatest pain you could ever imagine. You'll miss the greatest reward you could ever imagine, because you lost sight. And now you're planting the wrong field. And you're going to water that field, and it's not going to be good. The last thing comes, of course, in verse ten, as we have therefore, and I already mentioned opportunity. In this principle, there's opportunities that come. Let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. We don't always have an opportunity. Matter of fact, um, i preached on this before. i preached on just this passage on opportunity, dealing with bearing one another's burdens. Opportunity comes in multiple forms. For instance, I can't save the world. Are you right? I do not have, you guys pay me well, but I don't have enough money to feed the whole world. How's that? I mean, you could hear stories now because of social media that you really never knew about. And you could say, man, what's my responsibility? Well, hey, I I can't go save India or, you know, China or whatever it is and, Hope all these I, I can't that's not the opportunity given to me my opportunity has been given to me in Ponca City Oklahoma Central Baptist Church in this community my neighborhood my family and there'll be opportunities and responsibilities that are going to come our way the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to bear the burden of those people around me and what and the opportunity that I have what are those opportunities I don't know well you're the preacher yeah all I know is you'll know when they come they come at different times uh, luckily, I was preaching this message, and God gave me an opportunity today. I'm so proud of myself. Driving down the street, my neighbor's trunk was open. So I got to do the good deed for the day. Walked down the street in my suit and freaked them out. Yeah. Rang the doorbell, and they were afraid to come there. I could hear them at the door. They're like, who is that guy? And finally, someone says, what do you want? I, I really just like that. And I'm like, hey, your trunk's open. Immediately, they open the door. What? Yeah, hey, your trunk's open. <laughs> the husband's like, ah, honey, you left the trunk open. Thanks for throwing her under the bus. Uh, but uh, that's silly, nothing. Don't expect big rewards for that one. <laughs> but all of a sudden I'm there and I'm like, oh, you know what? And I drove by, went to the house, and my thought is bummer, someone left their trunk open. <laughs> and it's like the Holy Spirit's saying, and what, was what if that was your trunk? Ah, I gotta go back. So I get out my car, I walk down the street, <laughs> knock on the door. Well, I'm saying, well, that's a silly little thing. But can I can't tell you, that was an opportunity. No, I as not saying that. There's no pattern on the back. It's, just, it's a simple little thing. I'm telling you that because I didn't plan that in my day today. I didn't think, in order to plant a good field today, I will go close a trunk. <laughs> that will happen about 1230. Well, no, who knew? You have no idea what it will be, but here's what I know. God will bring things into your path that you can take care of. You have the ability. You have the ability to take care of it. And it's crossing your path because God wants you to. When he does, are you ready? Take the opportunity. The eternal rewards that come with that, uh, for instance, don't you love in Hebrews where it says you may entertain angels unaware. I love that story. Preacher, do you believe that? I actually heard some cool stories about that, to be quite honest with you. I've actually talked to people who believe they've run into angels unaware. People that have pulled them out of wrecks, situations, and when they mention it, everyone around says there was nobody here. There was nobody. And they're like, oh, no, no, this person, and they're explaining them, they're like, no, ma'am, you're just delusional from the wreck. It's like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, God sent an angel. Other people that have passed by, no, no, I still believe that. That's a New Testament thing, in case you're wondering. That's a cool one. Angels, you never know. God says, you just do what I tell you to do, and there may be times I intersect you with something. Intersect you with something or someone and uh, that you know not of, That's going to be a blessing to you. There's people that may change your life, be a blessing to you, just because you're doing the Christian thing, whatever that might be. So I'm not here to tell you what it is. Here's what I do know these principles work. And the Bible says as Christians, we're going to reap what we sow. And we usually take that as a negative, but can I tell you? It's designed as a positive. It's not designed as a negative. Oh, it's a warning if we don't follow it. But it's designed to this. That means this. You can change whatever's happening in your life right now, plant a new field. Invest in those who invest in you. Take the opportunities God gives you. Bear one another's burdens. Understand that what you're doing comes from the Lord and he'll reward you in due time because it's worth it. It is worth it. So church, I want to encourage you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep investing in spiritual things. Keep going forward and don't quit. One day we'll stand before God and have a wonderful beam of seat judgment. And you know, I think some of us are going to be shocked. No, I'm serious. Some of us are going to be walking out with a satchel. And we're going to be following people sitting right next to you going, hey, is that U-Haul ready? Beep, 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 beep. And they load up all those rewards and they drive by and you're like, Dwayne Benford? <laughs> no way. Yeah, I, I think you'll be shocked because they kept planning for eternal things over and over and over, over and over and over. And now they don't just get to enjoy it for a little bit, but for eternity. And they were blessed here, and they're blessed there. That's what I want for you. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you for your word, the great truth, Lord. As we end today, Lord, understanding and thanking you for reaping and sowing. Lord, we're so glad you forgive us of our sins. But, Lord, we often know that there's still consequences for sins, Lord, that come our way. And sometimes that can be so discouraging for some people. Lord, I pray they would... Determine in their heart, even now, Lord, to plant new seeds. Lord, to plant in such a way and to plant so much, Lord, that the fruit that abounds from the new fields so overweigh what's from the old fields, Lord, almost towards non-existent. Lord, help us to continue on this path. Lord, do that which is good and that which is right, Lord, to consider the eternal rather than the temporal. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to end once again with a time of prayer. If the Lord spoken to you today and maybe it's just a renewal to say, Lord, I, I want to plant those good fields and I want to stick to it and, and Lord, I want to make sure I'm focusing on the eternal more than the temporal, whatever the need might be. You come and we'll close our day out with 159, Jesus, I come.
0: Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come jesus i come into thy freedom gladness and light jesus i come to thee out of my sickness into thy health wealth, out of my sin and into thyself, Jesus, I come to thee. One more verse. Out of my shameful failure and loss, Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come glorious gain of thy cross Jesus I come to thee out of earth's sorrows into thy balm out of life's storms and into thy calm out of distress to Song.
1: Jesus, I come to thee. You can be seated, and uh, Bronx is getting ready, and uh, I think this is Matt's first baptism, Matt Morales. So pray for Bronx, and uh, pray everything goes good. And uh, his parents may be back there. I was going to give condolences, but uh, uh, but no, excited about that as they do that baptism. Also, our leadership team will meet right afterwards upstairs uh, for our first meeting of the year. And uh, so, uh, make sure you're aware of that. About five minutes right after the service ends, uh, so we'll head right up there and get that rolling. And so, Andy will come lead us in a song while Bronx is getting ready.
0: All right. While they're getting ready, page 57. If you need your books at Calvary, let's lift it up as we sing. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified knowing not it was for me he died on calvary mercy there was great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty Excited to have Bronx Bragg here to be baptized. Excited to welcome to the church family. So Bronx,
2: based on your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
1: Very
2: good. Buried in likeness of his death, raised to walk
1: in newness of life. Bronx made it, no lawsuits, this is good. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. And honestly, you let Berliner and myself know, and one of the staff, I'd love to chat with you for sure. If you have spiritual questions, whether it be salvation or baptism, whatever it might be. And uh, we'd love to take that time, open up the word of God and walk you through it. So it'd be really, really good. So I'm going to close in word of prayer. Good to see you all. Hope everyone will be back Wednesday as well and keep praying about uh, really our big event with Brother David Korn coming up. I think it'll be really, really good. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. We thank you for the day. Thank you for your love and your provisions, Lord. Be with your people now, uh, Lord, as they go out into work and home, Lord, and uh, whatever... And wherever you're taking them, Lord, that we'd be a testimony for you. And, Lord, we feel your presence and your power Do that which you've called us to do. And, Lord, may we focus on that which is eternal as we're even working in the temporal. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you.